Hello and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Attic. Hi, I'm your host, Donnie Salvo. You might recognize me from this podcast, amongst others. First off, this episode is brought to you by Reality Wasted. Reality Wasted is a podcast hosted by three comedians, my myself included. And Gregory B. Dubda. And Dave Sheehan. And we talk about stuff in pop culture, like what's going on in the TV and movie news, video games. Every once in a while, a comic book comes on in. So, check us out on the iTunes. That's Reality Wasted. And we also have a Lipson account, so that'd be, uh, off the top of my head, realitywasted.lipson.com, maybe. Alrighty. In this episode, we are going to look at Fury of the Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, number eight. On the cover is Firestorm going after a water-based person. And it says, uh-oh, just when you thought it was safe to go out in the rain. Typhoon. Da-da-da. All right. So, we're going to open this up. Uh, let's see. We open up with Firestorm inside a chamber, and he's going, I hope you know what you're doing, Professor Stein, and they have the silhouette of uh, the the white little thing of uh, Professor Stein's head outside this big glass jar thingy that um, he's in because he's a scientist. Professor Stein is a scientist. He wants to figure out exactly how powerful they are, all right? You can understand that. And every scientist in the DC Universe, as we've seen from Shazam, has big glass cylinders. Uh, some have smaller glass cylinders where they could put frog princesses in. Um, and others have large glass cylinders so they can uh, fit humans in. So he's laying on the power. Roddy Raymond's laying on the power. He's shooting, he's shooting, he's shooting. Professor Stein, somehow his his disembodied whitish ghost-like head can float over to the uh, atomic proton monitor, which of course you need, um, and it's up to ninety-one thousand eight hundred and eighty. Because I can't believe this is showing is fantastic. Okay, but at that same moment, in a lab across the hall, there's this guy. He's doing jumping jacks. Uh, his name's Harry Carew. I knew a Harry Carew. That's weird. He went to my mom's church. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, there you go. And um, he's a, he's the top audio audio scientist in the country. You know what that means? Uh, that means his specialty is sound and uh, sound reconstruction. So that's what he does. He plays around with sound. And um, and it says here, as a matter of course, naturally, he's bugged every other lab in the building. That's insane, dude. What he thinks of it as a hobby. Other people think of it as an invasion of privacy. Uh, audio version of Peeping Tomism, maybe? A little weird, uh, Harry Carew. I wonder if the guy who went to my mom's church did stuff like that, bugged people's homes. That's weird. Okay, I'm getting way off topic. Um, so they, it even says here, they you know, he thinks it's a hobby, but the fellow scientists might not agree. Yeah, you're damn right they won't, dude. Seriously. Um, full of surprises, that's our Harry. That's what it says. 
it's just uh he's like he's looking at a, a weird little uh computer screen thingy and he's like my transmitter's picking up something weird in martin's laboratory high frequency pulses could be the equipment malfunctioning then again it might be something more interesting well you know it is you know that Jerry Conway ain't going to put something uninteresting in his book. So all of a sudden, there's this big, huge thing of radioactive energy. And you can see the bug, which kind of looks like a, the mouthpiece to an old-fashioned um, telephone. And uh, the the radioactivity is coming right up on it. And Ronnie Raymond dives out of the big glass uh, thing. And, uh, which I don't understand. If he's a nuclear man, why would this nuclear energy actually bother him? That he's afraid of it and he has to jump out. But that's not our point. So uh, don't think about it too much. It's comic book science or your head will explode. All righty. So now you see the bug inside. And how did he get it on the outside of the glass thing? Like, why would he? All right, anyway. So it's melting. And there's a big scree on the other end. And, uh, and uh, Harry Carew... He's screaming. He's like, he says, blasted feedback. <laughs> I wonder if people really talk like that. Blasted feedback. Blastic feedback. Squeal. It almost deafened me. Whatever just happened in Stein's lab, it might have melted my transmitter. If I'd pushed the gain up any higher, I'd have to do my aerobics to sign language. Yeah, well, dude, you're, you're listening in where you're not supposed to be listening, so... There you go. Uh, so all of a sudden, he bursts into the lab, Harry Carew. And he goes, blazes! And there's Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein. He says, hello, Mr. Carew. You want to give us a hand sweeping up this mess? So now, Professor Stein, because we all know, okay, maybe I should have said this earlier, we all know that Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein come together and make firestorm so there you go that's that's that <coughs> excuse me well, anyway so mr cruz in there man he's just trying to check out see what's going on you know and the other and he's like you know professor stein's like oh you remember uh uh ronald raymond i introduced you a few weeks ago and it's uh he's assisting me part of a school science project and, and Carew's like, oh, yeah, sure, a uh, friend of the family, right? Yeah, that's a ticket. So, you know, they're just basically doing their best trying to get rid of uh, Carew, and it works, you know. And uh, they're like, oh, boy, that was close. And a few seconds earlier, he could have caught us in mid-transformation of Firestorm. He suspects something, I'm sure, but the truth, hardly. Now, really, now, who would actually believe that two grown men could form together and make a nuclear man? Not I. Anyway, um, so Ronnie's like, well, look at the bright side. At least we know we got our, our limits. And then uh, Stein says, yeah, I agree, but we have almost unlimited power. So what would you do with unlimited power? Interlude six days ago. Six thousand miles away in the city of Sydney, Australia. There's a guy, he's walking out of the Sydney hospital. He's cured, so it says. His name is David Drake. And uh, he's out of the hospital, and uh, his wife wrote him a letter, and here it is. And I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to do it as a dramatic reading. Hope you don't mind. Ready? Okay. Dear David, this isn't easy. I swear to you, knowing what you've been through these past few months. But I have to think about the children. Won't anyone think about the children? And their needs. They need a father, David. Even when you were well. You were never there for them. You're always off on some new adventure. Some new research project. In some distant corner of the world. But we can't go on this way, I tell you. And I won't go on this way. That's why I'm filing for divorce. So Dave's all pissed, man, and he just rips it. He just, he doesn't even read anymore. But I have to admit, though, the part where it says you're not really a good father when you're around, he's giving his kids piggyback rides and playing with them. I don't know what else he's supposed to. He looked like a good dad in this panel, that's all I'm saying. Like, I ain't sticking up for the guy, because I don't know the whole story, but, you know what I'm saying? He, he looked like he was doing all right when he was home. And he says, he reads no further. He knows, he knows it all by heart. And in his heart, it's like a raging storm. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so we're going to, uh, we flash to a movie theater. We're Ronnie Raymond and uh, his girlfriend there, or some chick, is with another dude and a girl named Stella. And they're talking about basketball, and they're going to the movies, and they're ignoring their dates. And they're going to see Rocky Four, which I don't think, in 83, did Rocky? I thought Rocky Three came out already. I mean, I thought that was it, but maybe it was just like a Jerry Conway joke. Maybe Jerry Conway could predict the future. Dude. Dude. How awesome would that be? Anyway. So... They're all sitting there, and they're ready to watch the old movie, and Ronnie's like, you know, sorry that, uh, sorry about uh, Jackson and me talking sports all the time, you know, and she says, Ronnie, I love sports. Her name's Doreen, by the way. What I don't like is being excluded. So, but sitting next to, the, uh, behind them, I'm sorry, is Cliff Carmichael. The nerd Cliff Carmichael, enemy to Ronnie Raymond. In this version here of Firestorm, which I think is all versions of Firestorm, uh, Ronnie Raymond's kind of a jock, but he gets picked on by nerds. Uh, it's kind of like the opposite of everything else like that you see in movies and television. So Cliff Carmichael, he's pissed off because the whole gang's there. They, they don't even notice him. Okay, he's sitting in a theater all all by himself to see Rocky Four. I must break you. If he dies, he dies. So what he does is never leave your popcorn on the floor of a theater because this is exactly what happens. People like Cliff Carmichael who travel around with lizards. Yes, this dude just had a lizard in a movie theater. I mean, some of you might be like, well, Donnie, who doesn't? Um, that would be me. I don't know why he's carrying around a lizard. I don't care. Okay, it's not It's not up to me to... Ju I'm not judging. I'm just telling you how the story goes. So back off, people. Okay? 
I just found it a little weird. All right. My podcast, I could, I could voice my opinion, damn it. Anyway, back to the story. So he drops the lizard inside the popcorn bucket. Who does this, dude? Anyway, so that's what he does, right? So now Doreen's going, she's eating the, and all of a sudden the lizard jumps out, right? And it jumps out and it hits some bald guy in the head. Everybody's scared, right? Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden Cliff, Cliff uh, uh, Carmichael here, all right? Now, isn't that um, Booster Gold's last name? I wonder if he's related, dude. That's crazy. I just made a connection to the DC Universe. Oh, my God. Jeff Johns, get on that. Um, all of a sudden, he turns into, like, Larry from the Three Stooges, and he's like, what a scream. What a riot. And they're all screaming. Then you hear the people screaming, get out of my hair. And all of a sudden, this one lizard jumping out of pop. Has, it, it's bigger than the Rodney King riots, dude. There are people running out of this movie theater. Uh uh, the, the, the dude, the bald dude is punching a truck driver in the face. Um, everybody's outside, uh, Jackson and Stella, the other couple, they're outside. Jackson's even holding Stella. I don't know, you know, like carrying her. I don't know why it's a lizard. Um, the whole theater's clear and he want to know how, Ronnie's like, how did that lizard get into? And then he goes, Carmichael, just like that. And he's all laughing. He's like. What a platoon. What a first-class garbanzo. I don't know what any of these words mean. Um, and, and Ronnie's had it. He even said it. He goes, you know, you've been writing me since the first day we met, creep, and this is it. He punched that fool in the face. That dude was wearing glasses, too. You never punch a dude with glasses in the face. And I only say that mostly because I wear glasses, and I don't like to get punched in the face. Dude, he knocked him on his ass, dude. And Doreen's like, Ronnie, what are you doing? I've never seen you this angry before. And they're like, let go of me. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to myrtleize him. I'm going to... And then and then Carmichael's like, oh, yeah, you're a big man. I've had it too, you lousy jock. Doreen would have been my girl if you hadn't horned in. I'll give you a fight. But Monday, after school, by the bike rack. All right, he didn't say the bike rack. but Be there. And then Ronnie's like, you be there. And bring some bandages, because you'll need them, punk. Oh, they're trash-talking now, man. It's crazy. And then, uh, and then Ronnie's still pissed, man. He's up talking with Doreen. He's like, no more jerking around, man. I'm going to teach this worm a lesson once and for all. And she's like, well, do it without me, because if you get into a fight, we're finished. And he goes, oh, yeah? Great. Every time I turn around, there's some something else about me that bugs you. If you don't like me the way I am, that's tough. Good for you, Ronnie Raymond. Good for you. You know what? Everybody out there, if they don't like you for who you are, then fuck them. And that's one to grow on. And he's like, I'm not backing down for you or anybody. And then, um, and then Jackson's like, you know, leave him alone. Maybe he's just got to work it out by himself. It'll be okay. So now we go to Petey's Pub down by the pier. That's right. Okay? And there's... Inside the bar is Captain Anton Hammer, and he's telling a story. And I'm going to use my pirate voice for this, because I should. Anton Hammer was a captain once, and by heaven, a captain again. Who's the drink? One guy's like, I'll pick up another round, Captain. This is a good, um, I should talk like a pirate vo uh, in bars and see if people buy me drinks. 
Me and me mates all think you got a raw deal after what happened to the Neptune Explorer. <laughs> ah, the Neptune, a sweet whaling ship. To the banks, to the banks called her in the papers. What, what happened on the Neptune, Captain Hammer? Aye, lads, I'll tell ye. There was a fault all them scums and the Cornets' research. They brought the Neptune. They brought the Neptune. Turned her into a research ship. And loaded me with a pair of half-brained so-called scientists named David Drake. Who we saw earlier. And Martin Stein. They had this... Bathy Spear that they were planning to test called the Manta. Stein certified that his experimental nuclear reactor is safe, but it wasn't. And against me best advice, they decided to put it in, though its paces in the middle of a full-scale typhoon. It was suicide for Drake to go down there, but he insisted. And before he knew it, the storm hit, argar-gar-gar-gar. And I had no choice but to cut the cable holding the manta. And that's when things began to go crazy. And in the background you see a uh, firestorm forming. I heard a sound on the deck behind me, like lightning striking steel. And suddenly this fire-haired demon appeared out of nowhere and attacked me crew, but for no reason. No reason at all. Next, we knew he dived overboard, probably ready to attack us again. So naturally, we had to take precautions. And here comes, uh, here comes Captain Hammer. <laughs> Captain Hammer. Just coincidentally, that was my porn name. Uh, he comes out with a, like a submachine gun. Careful, you men. I may have to shoot. God help us. Har -ta -tar -tar -tar. We never saw what he did. And who knows what horror he was playing. The water erupted, and there he was, that weird fiery hair sizzling like hot steam, and beside him was the manta like a ghost from the grave. Wouldn't you know it? Out of the hatch, Drake came out. I tried to let up on the trigger, but the boat rocked, and blasted a blast of the gun gunned off, and it shot Drake. And then, mateys, all hell broke loose. Tar -tar 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 -tar. All my years at sea, I never saw the like. And I pray, I live to be a thousand, and I never do again. He threw lightning from his fists. And the crew didn't stand a chance, the poor devils. We made a heroic stand, and, and I tell you, I wouldn't be here today but for one of those freak accidents. All the while, the gale was still blowing, and some water must have washed into the manta through its open hatch. Remember that Professor Stein who said the manta's reactor was seaworthy? Well, it turns out he was wrong and explodes, and, 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 and David Drake was in there, and then all of a sudden, David Drake comes out 
But now he's Typhoon. And then all of a sudden you see Firestorm and Typhoon fighting each other. And the crew is all on like one piece of wood like at the end of Titanic. And um, and then he's, he's telling the story still. But the pirate voice hurts my throat. And then he's like, Stein, he's the one to blame. And then all of a sudden, hello, Hammer. Off panel, he turns around. And it's David Drake. And he turns into Typhoon. And he destroys the bar. And he goes right after Captain Hammer. And then he, like, ties him to a ship. And, and he's just whipping him with wind and rain. And then he goes to Professor Stein's lab. And he's looking up squiggly lines and computer readouts and there's a tap on the window and he's like wow just like that scary kid from the original um salem's lot remember that scared the crap out of me when i was a kid and he's tapping he's like come on let's let me out let's play anyway um so that happens right so he's all like harry is that you out there why would that dude be out outside your window on like the 12th floor you're a scientist man use your head So he's like, Carew, if this is your idea of a joke, and all of a sudden, boom, Captain Hammer's thrown through the window. And he's like, Hammer, it's the Captain Hammer of the Neptune Explorer, blah, blah, blah. And Typhoon's out there, and he's shooting lightning out of his hands and into the top science uh, floor thing. And he's like, Stein, is that you? You're going to pay. You know, you made me a freak and all this other stuff. So Ronnie Raymond's home, and he's studying, and all of a sudden, um, Professor Stein calls him, like, mentally, and then they form... And he's like, fill me in. And he's like, Typhoon, Ronald. And he's like, oh, this guy wasn't so bad. And then he, he, uh, he, uh, they start fighting, but he, he finds out that he's a little more stronger. And he's really, Typhoon's just landing on, man. And Firestorm's running away. And they're just going back and forth, back and forth. Now, this is the thing that kills me, right? Now, they're in the middle of a typhoon, dude. Okay? A typhoon, right? And he's going through this bay. And Typhoon's, like, picking up all these sailboats and shit and rowboats. And the people are falling out. So what does Firestorm do? He alters the atomic structure of rain and turns it into parachutes for these people. Which I understand because they're in harm's way or whatever, but... In the middle of a typhoon with winds gusting like crazy, this dude, like these people wouldn't have reached land. They would have just took off, man. They would have wound up like on Oz or some shit. So all of a sudden, like typhoon, he's just pissed now. And he's like, enough. You kept me from Stein long enough. Like he doesn't get it, the two. And he just hits him with a blast. And Firestorm's falling into the sea, and he goes, Martin, I can't. And he's unconscious, and he's at the bottom of the ocean. To be continued, the next issue, baby, the rain must fall. Now, the one thing I want to say, like, before um, I leave you guys here about this issue. Uh, this is a great issue. It's really cool. Um, I used to like Firestorm. I liked him as a member of the, the JLA back in the day. I'm a big fan of the, the satellite era JLA. But I um, I never really uh, got into his solo stuff here and there. And I, I actually, you know, I'd buy an issue here or there. And I actually found this in a long box. Um, 
which is cool. But um, anyway, that whole origin of the typhoon and stuff and the Firestorm battle with Captain Hammer, um, if you're looking for that actual story, that is in uh, Flash number 294 to 296. And uh, Firestorm appeared in like an eight-page backup story in The Flash for a little while. Um in the big in the in the in the early 80s um but that's it for this episode um you know i decided to do uh i know you guys haven't uh heard from me in a while so uh i was moving i moved from one place to another it took a while for the interwebs to get hooked up to do stuff uh just been busy man um these will come out on a more frequent uh, basis i promise uh, if, if, um, if you have any ideas for the show, like if there's a book or something you want, or you want to just, uh, give me some feedback on what's going on with it, um, how, how, if you're enjoying the show, or you're not enjoying about the show, uh, I'd appreciate it. Give me a call. I mean, not give me a call. I don't have a number. That's stupid. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Um, no, send me an email. Um, and that's Donnie. Salvo, Donnie with a Y, so D-O-N-N-Y-S-A-L-V-O at yahoo.com. And on uh, on the title, just put uh, feedback, okay? And because uh, I've been pushing around a couple ideas for the show. And, uh, you know, once I get uh, things a little more organized here, uh, I'll let you in on it. And uh, thank you for listening. And um, thank you, Mr. Pryor for uh, letting me do this and uh check me out on on uh, not only on the pkd black box here but uh check me out on reality wasted too and uh that's uh, check us out on itunes and uh realitywasted.lipson.com all right so this has been another tales from the attic and i will see you guys uh, later bye-bye Until next time, I'm a British person. Good night.